Welcome to the Balance Code Podcast, a place where you have permission to step outside the hamster wheel of day-to-day life and learn tools for better balance. My name is Katie Ressler. I'm a licensed therapist and hidden grief and burnout specialist. I help ambitious high achievers who are ready to get off the one-way train to burnout and learn better tools to embrace life. Oh, and by the way, I'm an American living in Germany who's still learning the language, a mom of three and an entrepreneur. Living my balance code is what helps me keep working in incredible ways without burning out. So let's discover our balance code together. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have Kristen Fitch, and we're going to be discussing how to rediscover our passion. Now, those of you who are listening have probably experienced a lot of stress and overwhelm and maybe even hit burnout. And we're going to be diving into how do you find yourself again, find your fire, and really rediscover your passion. So Kristen, thank you so much for being on the Balance Code podcast. Please share with us a little bit about yourself, where you are, and who you serve. Yeah, thanks so much, Katie, for having me. I'm so glad to be here today with you and your audience. So I live in the United States. I'm on the coast of Virginia. And for many years, you know, decades, I worked in the marketing technology space. So I've worked for, you know, companies. And then I've also started my own company with my mom in 2008. And it was in the early education space. So I also still have that business. But then in, I guess, about two and a half, three years ago, I realized I really wanted, actually five years ago, I wanted a podcast. So I bought my microphone. It sat on my desk for like, literally five years before I used it. And so just for anybody that's needing some encouragement, like I totally get it. It takes time sometimes to get where you're going. So I started my first podcast called Building a Life You Love. And really who I'm serving with that is primarily women, some men as well, but what's really just about stepping out of your comfort zone. It's about defining life on your terms. And it's about really, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about. It's how do we step into the things that feel best to us, that get us excited, whether that's for work or in our personal lives or for both? And then I, about a year after I started, I started this podcast called Faith Field Women. And then that demographic, I'm serving similar audience, except for it's more women um, based on their faith. And so that's the primary things I'm doing right now. And then I have products, you know, encouraging inspirational products for women as well. And then I do some coaching, but it's really geared towards trying to help people you know, reignite that passion, step into more purpose, and really just feel lighter in their lives. And just a little bit about me, I have been married for close to 24 years, and I have three sons that are in high school and college, and they're still all at home. So everybody's, it's still a full nest. So we're busy, but I I don't have to do a lot of mom things at this point, right? It's, they're all self-sufficient other than maybe cooking them dinner. And so that's kind of what life looks like for me right now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I know we've shared about this before, but when, before I moved to Germany, I lived on the East coast side of Virginia as well. And just like 20, 25 minutes away from you. So it's pretty cool that we connected online, but that we lived near each other for so long. I was based in Norfolk uh, in Virginia. So, okay, let's dive in. I want to start at the beginning when before we realize, okay, we need to rediscover our passion and find our fire or find ourselves again. How do you kind of see that lifespan of overwhelm and stress and where it kind of feels, I'm going to describe it as sort of cloudy. Some might just describe it as like a depression, right? It's just, you don't see yourself anymore. You've got three, I've got three, mine are much younger. You're kind of in the fog of day-to-day life. 
and you feel like slowly you lose yourself. Walk us through what you've seen in your own life and with your clients that really gets to the, to the point where they need to start to rediscover themselves again. Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think, first of all, when we're, you know, quite young, you know, so that could be a teen, tween, college, and then in early 20s, yeah, we might we might know what we want to do, but we're more, a lot of us are more geared towards, oh, well, this might, you know, be a good career. This is a good step. This would make, you know, a good uh, income so I can support myself. Those are all important things. But what happens is we often go with a path that society is telling us, this makes sense. This is safe. And that's fine and dandy, but the challenge begins that we may not have matched what our truest, deepest interests were with what career path we take. So it starts for a lot of us quite young. You know, I actually, when I was very young, maybe a 11 or something like that, I was writing poetry and I was doing all these things, but it was, when I say it's in secret, I mean, I just wasn't sharing it, right? And it wasn't like today. I mean, I don't think I should do that, but I, I had these interests in things. I had an interest in faith by college, you know, I took all these religion classes, but I never did anything with any of that, you know, for until literally the last five years. And so the first thing is, is we push aside some of the things that maybe we had an interest in, or what happens is we get busy with life, right? Like you said, whether it's a career and it's 40 or maybe up to 80 hours a week, especially if we're in our twenties or thirties. And then if you layer on possibly kids or a second job, like you said, we're doing a lot. We have a lot of roles to play in that season. And so what happens is we're focused on what everyone else needs and we're not so much making time for what interests us, or at least a lot of us aren't. And so then you go through that period of time. And so what happens is things that we might've even enjoyed and done, we stopped doing because we have to prioritize and we prioritize maybe our career path or we prioritize our family, you know, of course. And so we, we just kind of set things aside and they get dusty. And so you know, for myself, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until probably my later 30s. And then as I moved into uh, over 40, that I was like, hold on, what about what I want, you know, and so I think what happens is we start, at some point, we realize, we look at our schedules, and we realize that it's a lot of obligation and a lot of expectation. But there's not a lot of joy. And I don't mean there's not joy in our families, or maybe joy in friendships. But there's not a lot of joy that's personally fulfilling us. And so if we find ourselves in that place, that's usually when it's time to start asking different questions. And then when it's time to start doing an audit, which of course we can get into. You know, I find with my clients, when I say, how much play do you have in your life on a daily basis? And they look at me like I'm the oddest thing. Like, what do you mean play? Yeah, That's where I'm like, it's time, like you said, dust some things off. <laughs> Let's find that joy again, because you are right. Many of us go from the, the school time and university time and kind of go the route we're supposed to, in quotations, take. And then it spirals into where am I and what is this and what actually excites me? I, I found recently, even talking with friends, we all kind of sit together and go like, what is it that really gives us passion now? Like, what are the things? And, and some of us are able to like, like, I can talk forever, like talk forever about these things. But you can see for some of us, it's like, I'm so disconnected from that. I don't even know where to begin. So talk us through this audit. What does that look like? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, is if you start realizing this and you can you could start this when you're just starting to think, wow, maybe my schedule doesn't have very many things that are exciting or playful or interest me or I'm curious about. So if you find yourself at that point or you're all the way to feeling burned out or just uninspired, right? So you can yeah. do these things in any of those places. 
But basically you start needing to ask different questions. So the first thing is write down some questions and ask yourself these when you have a little bit of time. But the first is, what am I curious about? You know, so what am I curious about in my life or was I curious about? I haven't made time for it? Because much like play, so exploration, discovery, play, and curiosity, they're all things that if they're not part of your life, if they're not part of your thought process, we need to invite them back in because they're much like anything else. They're a muscle. The more we're curious about stuff, you know, just even on your walk, like, wow, that's such a pretty color. I never noticed before. Like if we start noticing, we start getting curious, you'll start being more open to, hey, you know, I noticed everybody's doing this pickleball. Maybe that sounds kind of fun to me, right? It doesn't matter what it is. You just need to start getting curious and ask yourself like what I like. So the first first thing is that, what are you curious about? The next thing you want to do is what did you like? What did you used to like doing? Mm-hmm. Write that down, whether it was when you were five or 10 or 20 or 30, whatever age, but what you like, what did you used to like doing? So for instance, I have some people, one woman, she's a jazz musician. And when she was raising her children, she loved music, but it wasn't until her forties that she actually started doing it professionally and wrote her first album and then a second one, but she had put it aside, right? She had paused it. And so what did you used to like doing? And so write some of those ideas down. The next is, what do you want to add more of to your life? And answer that. And you can even do it in this tangible way. Like, what do I want to add more of in my life for this year? So like for me, what I walk some people through is for 2024, what do you want to add more or what do you want to welcome into your life? So that's another question to ask. And then what do I want to make more space for? And so one exercise I tell people to do is kind of go through this last year or you can do the last month, whatever time frame you want to look at and say, which things on my schedule, which things in my life were life-giving and which things are life-draining? And can I prune any of the things, any of the activities, people, possibly, whatever it might be that are just draining the life out of me? Because if we find that we've been, let's say we've been volunteering somewhere or at our church, and that's a great and good thing. But if it's so toxic in that particular role or it's draining you because maybe it's time for something different, maybe you can step down from that. I think I have friends that feel or clients that feel so obligated, but I've been doing this for 10 years. That doesn't mean that you still have to do it today. So if it's life draining, it's something to consider so that you make more space for something new. And so these are the beginning questions to ask. But from there, there's a couple things. Uh, One, are you willing Okay, so willingness is a huge indicator of change. And so you have to check how willing you are for change. And I love this quote. It says, the willingness to do creates the ability to do. And that was Peter McWilliams. But you have to be willing. So are you ready? Are you prepared to act? But if you find yourself uninspired, you have to check in with yourself. Am I willing to do something different and get out of my comfort zone, you know, in order to move forward? And so for instance, years ago, I was buying my son a guitar for Christmas and I was in the store and I was like, I've always wanted to play the ukulele. I've never, I'm not a musically inclined person for the most part, but I love music. So I bought it. And to this day, I haven't, it's still on my list to learn how to truly play it, but I've strummed it and, you know, I play around with it. But every time I see it, it makes me happy. Well, had someone been with me, I might not have bought it, but I was like, oh, this would be so fun. And I loved how small it was. So, right. It's like that thing allowing, so it's allowing yourself. And so the other thing, so like I was saying, or do you have a willingness, right? Do you have a willingness to do something different? And so from there, you know, just be a lifelong learner. For instance, if you always find yourself reading the same types of books, watching the same types of TV, while everything's kind of similar, we want to just change up our routine. So I like to tell people, date yourself. And that might seem funny or silly at first, 
But what I'm talking about is this. If you're always around people, whether it's your family or a significant other or your friends, even if you go shopping, I can be influenced by their opinions, right? So if I'm shopping with girlfriends, I love my girlfriends. I love hanging out with them, but I don't love shopping with them for clothes. The reason is, is because if I have three shirts, I might know which one really makes me happiest or it seems most like me, but they might pick a shirt that's most trendy or that would look good on them. And so what I've found is being comfortable with finding out what you really like sometimes takes you being alone a little bit more. Yes, absolutely. So I think that's really important. And a lot of us aren't used to that as adults. You know, and I mean, some people obviously are because they maybe they live alone and maybe they work remote. But for those of us that are around people a lot, it's really important for us to start listening to our own voice. Absolutely. I love that you're pointing out like, this is introspective work and it doesn't yeah. mean other people's opinions. And it's fun, also funny that you mentioned like, what are the things you used to enjoy doing and like maybe some hobbies and things. Yeah. I've had clients recently start to find those hobbies that they maybe did before, always wanted to do, but kind of were told they weren't supposed to, or like, you know, you're, you're more the sport athlete. You shouldn't be a writer. And so they go and do those things. I've had a few of them who have like that entrepreneurial mindset that are like, how can I make a business out of this? And I'm like, stop right there. That's where you're continuing down the path of like, you know, ah, how about you just do it for fun? Yes. And joy and not let me bring a purpose to this. That's beyond just taking care of me. Because often if you find you want to externalize, like, oh, how do I make money on it? How do I get prestige from this? It's not going to bring you joy later on. So it's really about protecting that too. It is. And even my dad, he's 81 and uh, he has Parkinson's. So he, you know, he has a lot of the shaking and just uh, challenges right now, but he has the spirit within him, right? Like a, a fighter spirit. And so, but he recently has said, yeah, I remember he's never been a, like an artist painter person, whereas my mom is, but he literally said, Hey, I, I remember way back. And I think it was in sometime in the nineties, he had painted a picture for each of me and my siblings. So it was five of us. And he's like, oh, I'd really like to find those again. I would, I would like to have them for now, you know, and, and he has pictures of them. And so he's realized maybe I, I would enjoy painting again. Well, he's, he didn't paint most of his life, but he remembered enjoying it. And he remembered how it felt to accomplish the painting, you know? And so he actually, for Christmas, one of the things I bought him was, you know, a different type of paint sets that might be a little bit easier because of the movement of his hands. But it's like that vision. It's never too late to take on, new interests to try new things. And I do want to say, this doesn't mean you have to go like, you're not somebody that likes outdoors, which I encourage people to get in the outdoors, but that you have to become a hiker. It can literally right. be as little as like, you make the same 10 recipes every week and you experiment in the kitchen a little bit. Like this doesn't have to be something crazy, but you'd be shocked at if, if you make the same recipes and you try something new when you have a little free time, it can feel so freeing, you know, and exciting when you're like, ooh, this flavor is so great. So I just want to encourage people. It doesn't always have to be some big, you know, like, oh, I don't draw, but I'm going to become, you know, or I don't write, I'm going to become a writer. That's all great. And you should do those things if you have curiosity towards it. Just try it. But it can also be really small things in how we change up what's going on in our lives. So as you do this audit and you start to maybe do some activities that bring back that joy, that childlikeness, that, that freedom and free spirit. What shifts do you notice in your clients as they start to do that? And maybe what fears come up too? Well, I think the first thing is, is we all want to say, oh, I can't add this to my schedule. I'm so busy. So I think one of the objections is this, right? Is like, how am I going to fit this in? And so that's why looking at our schedules and actually auditing our schedules. And so 
one, that's why that figuring out, can I prune anything? But it's also setting down goals or intentions. So if you say this year, I want more time with my friends, right? I want deeper friendships. Well, then we need to look at your schedule or you need to look at your schedule and say, how often am I fitting in time with a friend, right? Or a certain friend group. And if you find that in the entire month, you're barely fitting in one, one time with them and you are able, meaning that maybe you're, you're not somebody that's having to care 24 seven for somebody or something like that, then we need to start scheduling in time, right? So that's the next thing is I help them. How do you schedule in time for whatever's your intention or goals? It could be friendship. It could be more play, right? Or enjoyment. It could be more movement. So it's whatever the things are that they're feeling like they're stuck. So find where you're stuck and then let's find how do we put those things on your schedule? And, and the next thing is some people, it's because we haven't set clear boundaries, right? In other words, we are allowing work to creep into the evening or where our kids are doing so many activities and we're not doing a carpool. Well, I get it. My kids did a lot of activities, but that's why you need to look at, okay, how could I make this work so that it's not running me into the ground? You know, I'm exhausted. And so that's the next thing. But when it comes to fear or like our, our objections, I think it's that we think hustling and being exhausted and over busy is normal because our culture has, at least especially in the U.S., you know, uh, obviously different countries have different you know cultures around this or ideas around this. We think that's normal. I mean, I have so many friends that I know that they literally every time I talk to them, they, the words out of their mouth are like, I'm so busy. I'm this. And it, it's. It's like they don't even understand that their language is reinforcing that pattern. And so, yeah, we have to start talking about, let's say that different, you know, not a lot of people talk about this, but not I have to, or I'm overwhelmed. Like I get to do this, right? Like I right. get to go, go take my kids to practice or I get to go volunteer at this thing. So one, it's start looking at our language. We have to do that. And then, like you said, if there's something where they're, they're stuck, normally when we're stuck, it means that we have repeat patterns or thoughts, right? Like we're stuck because either you're stuck in fear, like, well, what if I'm bad at writing, but I wanted to try it? Or what if I go and try this new activity and I'm not good at it and I'm embarrassed in mm -hmm. front of the people I go with? And so I say flip that around. So what if it actually worked out? Or what if you wrote every day for 15 minutes just for yourself and it didn't matter what anyone thought? And so I think a lot of times when we actually verbalize or we write down, what it is that we're afraid of or what's coming up for us or what we're afraid about, we can usually flip that script, right? We can flip it to say, is this true all the time? Like, or what would happen if this wasn't true? Because it's just a thought in our head. But when we get it out on paper or get it, get it out with a friend or a coach, usually we start realizing, yeah, maybe you're right. I was holding on to this idea that something's going to happen. It's not, but usually that's not true. Usually something beautiful is going to come from it, even if it's just making us feel more excitement in our lives or more curiosity. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned earlier about like, sometimes our friends are going to have their thoughts. Maybe we tell them, I'm going to go try this class. And they're like, when do you have time for that? Or, you know, oh, oh I tried that last year and I didn't like it. You're not going to like it. And it yes. immediately makes us like clench up and go like, oh, okay. So it's just creating the boundaries as well around what's going to excite other people, but what's going to excite you and what fears other people have that don't have to become your fears. Right. When we scroll on social media, there's all sorts of ideas of self-care or things that bring people joy, but it doesn't have to be the things that bring you joy. Right. So sometimes I think rediscovering our passion is really like row yourself onto your little island and trial and error. 
play, figure it out. And then when you're ready to share it with other people, then you come to the mainland and go, Hey guys, I really love doing this. Right. You know, and it's like calligraphy. You feel like what? Yes. And you're like, yes, I've right. discovered it and I love it. Well, and we were all designed different, right? So we have different interests. We have different curiosities, different passions, different talents or, or hidden talents. But also I, I say this a lot and whether people, whatever their faith view is, I just say, I don't think we were designed to live at the pace at which we're trying to live. So, you know, so I also help people with slowing down, like that more intentional living and slowing their pace. Because I think if we looked at our schedule and what all we fit in in a day, and I get it, sometimes there's a season where that may be the only choice. But as that shifts, we need to realize, hey, I don't need to stay at this level of high stress all the time. And that we do actually have more power and control to change that, even in a job. If you're so overwhelmed with your hours and it's crazy, and you've been there a long time and you're a valuable employee, you need to go talk to them about, hey, I need to cut hours or I need to change my schedule. And if they value you, they're going to have a conversation with you. If they don't value you to at least talk about it, then it might be at some point time to look for a job that fits better with your season. Yes. I was just thinking about as you were talking, like there might be people who discover their passion and then they're like, wow, it doesn't jive with the life I've created, right? Like this, you know, or the job I have or the things like this, what do I do? And that doesn't mean panic. It's exactly what you said. Like maybe you need to reevaluate some of those things that are in your life. Don't drastically. And I always, when I think about this, I always think of like the midlife crisis, like, oh God, don't go buy the red Corvette. Like give me yourself a second and go like, what really is my passion? How can I live that out in a way that it's in congruence with who I am, how I've been designed to live and the family I have or the work situation I'm in, right? Let me go and find that new job. Let me go see, you know, some clients I've worked with because I'm here internationally have decided to pick up and move and leave everything that they knew behind because they just knew in, in their, to the core of them, they were supposed to live somewhere else. And everyone around them thought it was crazy, but that was a part of them rediscovering their passion. And I have yet to hear somebody say they regret it, right? To like finally fearlessly make a move or do something different. So often our fears around really living our passions don't get supported in the long run, right? Maybe in the short term, because everybody has something to say about it, or it's scary, or it means letting go of things and grieving some stuff. But in the long run, it's very rare that people go like, that was a bad decision. Because if it was, they usually go back to where they were and go, you know, go back to the life before. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've interviewed so many people that have stepped off the path of expectation or what, what most people are doing and have stepped into different things. So I've interviewed several people that have chosen to live their, I mean, change their lives from both parents working uh, a normal, like a nine to five job mm -hmm. and they now live on a boat and they homeschool their kids, you know, and they work remote and another family and a lot of people, you know, have done this. They're remote workers. So they drive around the country to see the country or the world. And so once again, that's not for everybody. And you might have a friend group that that's not at all what they want and they would not understand it. But the point is, if that's what's on your heart, it, it takes some planning. For instance, those families didn't just say in one week, we're going to quit our jobs or we're going to sell our home and we're going to buy a boat. It took them a year or two of planning to make that happen because it was an entire life shift, you know, and they had children to consider. And so I would just, you know, if you have it on your heart, that dream or, or this passion or desire to go towards something, 
like write it down and start thinking about what could I do? What are those small steps? I could just explore this idea, like go stay on a boat for a weekend if you're interested in that, you know, in other words, do little steps. And then if you've decided something like the people that you worked with that are international and moved, what, what then does that look like if we do this, you know, and then what do we have to do to get there? And it might take time and that's okay, but we just have to be clear on if that's what we really want to go towards and then we can make it happen. But it can take time, of course. I feel like you just retitled this to rediscovering our passions through letting go of the life of expectations. Mm, yeah. And I love that, right? Some of it is just freeing ourselves from the expectations we believe others have of us, or maybe we've been outright old growing up and really being able to live the way we want to. So if you're in a season right now where you're like, yeah, it feels pretty gray and bleak and I just feel kind of empty inside recognize there are ways. And I encourage you to really listen to Kristen's words about the audit and sit down and journal those out and write them out and maybe even contact her with some of your answers to kind of go, okay, what is it that I can start to do that will bring some joy into my life and a little passion and a little fire and a little pep in my step? Because if it's a Saturday morning, whatever class, and it gets you excited Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, knowing it's coming, perfect right? Like it doesn't have to be a huge lifestyle change. It can be just one little thing you bring into your life that helps you rediscover your passion. Kristen, thank you so much for sharing everything and giving us really a guideline to follow, to be able to start taking some steps towards finding our passion in our lives. And I appreciate you sharing your stories and your own experience that have led you to be here. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. You can go to kristenfitch.com and you can find everything there. And then on social, the main place that I spend time is Instagram. And I'm just at Kristen Fitch. Excellent. I will make sure everybody has the links in the show notes. Thank you again, Kristen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate our time and I hope this inspired some people. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. As one of my listeners, I have a special gift for you. Do you ever feel like you're simultaneously doing way too much while also not feeling like you're doing enough? I have a workbook that's going to help you solve that problem and get to the root of what actually needs to be done and what matters to you most based on your values. Check out my juggling all the things workbook below in the show notes so that you can use this special gift to simplify your life. We all need that. And if you're interested in working with me, check in the show notes below on information on how to do so. Here's to finding our balance code.